Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions, with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So, hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas on June 1st, 2021. If you're listening live, it's an exciting day. I can't believe we're already in June of this year. It's rushing by. If you're listening later on archive, it was a good day. And I hope you had a good day then and you're having a good day now. Uh, my guest today is a metaphysician. She's a writer, a radio host in her own right, and also a healer, a former scriptwriter and voiceover actor for TV and radio. She's been a complementary health practitioner for over 20 years. The latest book is entitled Vibrational Sound Healing, uh, How to Take Your Various Sonic Vitamins or Vitamins. And we're going to find out what those vitamins are in, in a minute. Uh, but it's all about the, the vibratory rates of uh, ourselves, the, the earth and the objects around us and how they can help us and heal us. It's a fascinating subject. And I was thinking as I was reading the book, how many um, of those techniques we'd used in, our, in, in my church ministry over the years, from drumming to, to gong to, to bowls to toning to um, laughter meditation and, and chanting. So we used quite a few, and I, I can attest to their efficacy and, and, and the, the fact that they, they really help people um, to feel better and, and to heal. And we're going to find out more about that. So it's a pleasure to welcome Erica Longdon to the show. And she's coming to me all the way from the, the woolly west coast of, uh, of, of Britain. That's the southwest part, which is Cornwall, uh, which, which is similar to Wales in a way. It, ha it has some resonances with the Celts and the, with, that, with that tradition. So wonderful place. So glad you're here. Glad you're on the show. Thank you so much for that very kind introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. And yes, indeed, we have um, a connection to Wales. In fact, what the Welsh and the Cornish speakers can understand each other. That's what they say. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, and it's a bit. There's a bit of a resurgence now, isn't there? In in, uh, in there Cornish, is. right? The, yeah, I, my Cornish become... is not up to too much. I used to be able to speak a little Welsh, but my my Cornish is. I'm trying. If I wanted to greet you, I'd say Didda. Uh huh. Well, I'd say bada to you, which means good day. Yeah, there we go. All right, very similar. Okay, so let's let's jump into this wonderful book. Um, you you had your own wake up call, didn't you? Um, you know, you had a successful career, as we mentioned in TV and radio, 
but it wasn't quite enough. You felt like something was missing. But, you know, like a lot of us, you didn't do much about it because, you know, we're a little bit complacent. We're successful. We're doing okay. But but sometimes we get a wake-up call that we can't dismiss. Tell us about that. Absolutely. I mean, I was if if somebody had told me then that I'd be doing and saying what I'm doing now, I would have laughed them out of town. I was uh, working in uh, television at the time, uh, thoroughly enjoying myself, but it, very much caught up. Television is all about illusion, which seems an obvious thing to say, because, of course, every show, all the dramas are our illusion but it's a very illusory world and it's very easy to get lost in it although I was having a great time and I traveled all over the world I had nothing going on inside that was any substance and I'd never really been even though I was brought up a Christian I was in um, a standard church of England and at one point I got sent to a Catholic convent that was supposed to be for the good of my discipline I think it had quite the opposite effect but that's a whole different story um so yeah, there was nothing, there was no solidity inside. And I was driving to work one day to start um, an early shift at Channel 4 Television, which is one of our national channels. And I was crossing a busy, busy road junction in London. Um, and somebody hit my car broadsided um, at, at a reasonable speed. And I remember the car going up in the air and I remember looking and seeing the sky going past out of the passenger window and I wasn't scared at all it was like I was in the bubble but I just remember thinking oh my god is this it and I don't remember the car hitting the ground I maybe I hit my head people think I said afterwards they think I must have done um but I, I kind of lay there in the car on its side and you know obviously the horns are all going off and uh, and moved my limbs and thought, well, I can move. I don't think I've broken my back or my neck or anything. I better try and stand up. So I stood up and every single window in the car had broken and bits of glass just poured off me like water. And yet there wasn't a single scratch on me. Now, I know now because of what I do, I, I work as an angel therapist, that my guardian angels were so on the case that day. Boy, were they on the case. Um, but... As I stood up looking through the passenger window, I saw this liquid running from the car to, down to the curb and pooling up. And I saw this workman who'd been standing nearby, standing there with a cigarette in his mouth and the ash dropping into this liquid. And suddenly the world resumed. I panicked. I thought the car is going to burst into flames if that's petrol. I was screaming my head off and somebody, a member of the public, I, I know not who, but God bless whoever you were, sir, leapt onto the wing of the car and literally picked me up by the scruff of my neck and hauled me out of this car. So as wake up calls, that was quite a good one. And I still didn't wake up. I was very glad to be alive. Um, but what then happened is also I had been told by medical experts I could never have children. And I, what I didn't know was at that time I was pregnant. So whammy, whammy, whammy. And it wasn't till two years later when my back just locked spectacularly that I had to go and find an alternative. I was still working long shifts as a TV announcer. I, by then I'm a mother. And I thought, I, I can't have this. But I knew that medical science didn't have the answers. So I went and found osteopaths. And slowly that began my spiritual journey. Because as the osteopaths healed me, I was very lucky. The osteopath I went to was also a shaman. And he started pulling out all this emotional 
damage. And I decided I, I want to do this. I want to be an osteopath, but I couldn't afford the training all the time. So I became a, a, a masseur instead. And that, again, was another step on the road. My angels were just nudging me along. Um, and once I'd qualified as a masseur, I thought, I just don't want to go down the mechanical route of sports massage. Not that there is anything wrong with sports massage. I just knew in the, every fiber of my being it wasn't right. And, of course, at that point, spirit went, okay, she's ready now. Um, so they introduced me to my Reiki master. And I started on Reiki. And as soon as I'd got the energy running through my hands, I thought, okay, that's it. I'm awake. There's more to this world than I had given it credit for. There's a whole different system here. And I started working with angels. And that was my beginning on a on a long and still continuing road. I, I say we're, we're all masterpieces in the making. Yeah, I love that phrase uh, because it's, uh, you know, you've got to stay teachable, haven't you? We're always unfolding, no matter how much knowledge we may, may feel we have. We're, we're, we're pretty ignorant, really, when you, when you think of the uh, amazing mystery and wonder of the universe, right? We're still, yeah. still oh, beginning. There's so much we know. In fact, if somebody says to me, I'm a teacher and I know it all, and when you come to me, you don't need to do another class, I would say, run, because nobody knows it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Very good. You know, there's a lovely quote uh, from uh, Nikola Tesla at the beginning of the um, of the book, which, which I love. I, I've come across it before, but it really sums up, I think, the essence of what we're talking about here, isn't it? And I, it says, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, right? And, and that kind Absolutely. of unlocks a whole new world, doesn't it? A new world of possibility. Yeah, what a wonderful soul he was and so misunderstood and mistreated. Um, but the knowledge that he had was generations ahead. And of course, a lot of people never heard of him until uh, Elon Musk named his company or joined the company. I think he didn't he didn't found it, but is now seen as the head of, uh, of Tesla Motors and has, has put his name on the map a little bit. But before that, he was, he was quite unknown. And, and yet he invented so many things, invented alternating currents and, and many other uh, fascinating and groundbreaking um, electrical uh, uh, breakthroughs, right? And, and, and yet, strangely, we, we don't know much about him. But he's absolutely well, he was, right. He I was think, covered uh, up because he would have given us all free electricity and there were vested interests who certainly didn't want that. There we go. You always have to trace where the, the power and the money is, unfortunately. Um, but Einstein believed the same thing, right? And I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, you, you know, he's, Einstein said that uh, matter is also vibrating. There is no vibrating. matter. Yeah, there's only energy. Yeah, there is no matter. It's just vibrating at a, maybe a lower level than than mm -hmm. some uh, vibrations. Um, but it's still it's still a vibration. It's not, it's not solid. And, and Charles Fulmore, co-founder of Unity, said uh, there are no solids as well, you know, that everything is fluid. And quantum physics is, is teaching us the very same thing, yes? It is. I mean, the mystics knew this years ago. It's just that our science was so primitive we couldn't see it. And now our science is just beginning to catch it up. And, and as you say, quantum physics and quantum mechanics allows us to see that um, what mystics have already always known is actually true. Because unfortunately, it's become a, a bit of a a matter of uh, people uh, downplaying it. You know, if you went through the 60s, uh, you know, then it, it's all about the vibes, man, you know, and uh, 
the vibrations and I'm feeling the, the vibes uh, as if this is some kind of new age nonsense, right? So mm-hmm. it is easily dismissed in that regard, which is sad, really, because it has, as you're mentioning, a foundation in, in science, right? But it, it's also the very nature of this universe. We, we know the spectrum of, uh, of vibratory rates is, is huge, right? It, may, it makes up mm-hmm. uh, more, way more than we could perceive from our human senses. It is. I mean, everything is vibration and has its own unique vibratory fingerprint. And therein lies the the art of sound healing. Because if you've got, um, if you know the right vibration code, um, you can target all sorts of things, including they're beginning to find out cancer cells. Right. You have to have the right code. So you lead us in the book through the various kinds of ways uh, i should mention that it's a very practical book because we're talking kind of philosophically right now but really the book is all about practice practicing this right You're using these vibrations it, for your own well-being and healing and, and you follow us the alphabet in in terms of all the various ways in which we can put these forces of energies into practice in our lives and uh, that's what I liked about the book. It's it's it gives a lot of information. And by the way, if you want more information, there, there's uh, further information in the back of the book and uh, resources and notes. So, um, it, but it doesn't weigh the book down. You can read the book and get what you need out of it, and then maybe research more later. Um, but you call them vit- vitamins, or as we say over here in the state, vit- I was going to uh, say vitamin, vitamin, tomato, tomato. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. No, let's not call yeah. it all off. Let's no. keep going. Um, so yeah, why, it, That's why, how the book came vitamins? to me, because I was trying to write this book and thinking, I am a sound healer, but there's lots of books out there on sound healing. And um, I was doing some healing on myself and I, the angels gifted me this and said, no, think of dietary vitamins or vitamins and then think of these as sonic vitamins that's the way you structure this book, um, which enabled me to put in, because as you say, there's a huge reference section at the back of this book where I've referenced all the people who've taught me, many of whom are luminary and well-known sound healers. But I wanted this book to be accessible so you could look almost as an introductory thing, a, a primer, a 101, of, of various ways that sound helps and also give people, I'm a Libra, I want the practical details. I love my mysticism and my metaphysics, but I want to know why. Um, so I wanted to make it practical in that way, but also make it so you could dip in and out depending on what you felt you needed. Because For example, in dietary vitamins, if your eyesight's feeling a bit off, you might take vitamin A. Um, If you are feeling short of sunlight, you might use vitamin D. And to me, you can do the same thing with sound. So that's how I structured this book. So it's something for everybody, in other words, right? Whatever apparent needs you might have, there's a vibration that's going to work for you, right, right. Um, and so also sometimes we, you might need one vitamin and sometimes just like you do in your diet, maybe you need a multivitamin. Maybe you would do a two and three of these in a week. Part of this is trusting yourself, isn't it? We 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 trust experts, but we've lost the the ability sometimes to trust ourselves. And we have a whole world of intuitive wisdom within us, right, that that will guide us right if we trust it, if we if we uh, tune ourselves to it. 
and, and not worry so much about, oh, no, I couldn't do that. Uh, for instance, I know, you know, I, I play some musical instruments vaguely, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, a musician, but there's some days I pick it up um, and I, I just can't play at all, you know, and, and I, I think I'm not in the right energy field or whatever to, to, to do it right now, and I'll put it down. Other times I, I'll seem to play everything perfectly, and so, but you have to trust yourself as to what, you know, and you can't force it, right? You, if, you, if you're not in the, in the flow, then there's no point forcing these things. I tr mm. You know, sometimes drumming, for instance, will really get me into a, a calm space. Other times it just irritates me. So I, I just need to move away from it when, it's, when I'm not ready for it, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, there's a quote in here, I think it's Dr. Mitchell Gaynor who said, the body knows how to heal. And it does. Long before there were doctors, our bodies healed themselves. They had to. That's We were humans on earth that didn't have doctors. You just need to give it the right instructions and preferably before you get really sick. Because when it comes really out of alignment, then you start need, needing medical intervention. And I'm certainly not saying don't go to a doctor. Of course, I'm not. But it's just so much better if we keep ourselves well tuned so we don't need to keep relying on medicine. Yes, I love that. You know, the co-founder of Unity, uh, Myrtle Fillmore, uh, was dying of uh, tuberculosis when she was 40 back in the 1880s. And, um, you know, she tried everything. You know, it had reached the stage where it was life-threatening. But she heard this wonderful affirmation by a metaphysician that says, I am a, I am a child of God and therefore I do not inherit sickness. And she used that affirmation for two years and was healed and went on to live for 46 more years. And, and you know, this is testimony to a shift in consciousness, right? Using affirmation, using that vibration of possibility, if you like, because um, she'd been taught that she did inherit sickness. And uh, so this idea as a child of God, I don't inherit. There's something greater than my humanness here. There's, there's, a, there's an, a, a, you could say, angelic or spiritual consciousness that's part of this. So um, case in point, you know, the, and it didn't happen overnight, right? There, there was a certain discipline that she applied this for two years before she received complete remission and healing. So um, sometimes we give up, right? We, we, we try it, doesn't work, oh well. But we, but we I love persist. that. I love that saying. I'd not heard it before. It's beautiful. Yes, it's a sort of foundational statement, really, because that's the beginning of uh, the Unity movement was was based on her dramatic healing, really. And um, it is a powerful statement, isn't it? I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. You know, you may be sick, you may have symptoms, but you don't inherit it. It's not. It's not your birthright, you know, you, you, your birthright is wholeness. And uh, to claim that then is to, is to rise above the, the illness, right? The sickness. Mm -hmm. and, and even if you die with, with an illness, you know, I think there's a difference. You, you, you may never get cured physically, but you are healed. And um, I've known many people who have gone onto the other side, you know, full of light and energy even though they never overcame the illness, but they, they were healed at a deeper level. They, they, they learned the lesson of that illness and, and were able to move on uh, almost triumphantly. Yeah, it doesn't change the destination, but it does change the journey. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And we so are living reincarnation. Of... And one of the things I love that I put in the in affirmations, A for affirmations in the book, is when I did my research and I 
didn't really know these mathematical facts, but each human is, you're a community of 50 trillion cells and all of them are listening to you 24-7. And the other mind-blowing fact is that you lose 300 million cells per minute. That's 50 to 70 billion cells a day. But you don't die because you rebuild them. So you are living constant reincarnation. And therein lies the power of, as you say, affirmation and sound healing, because you're instructing the new rebuilding all the time. Right. You know, there was a, there's an old saying, isn't there? You can't afford the luxury of a, a neg negative thought, right? And and it's so true in many regards, because you're doing a disservice to your whole 50 trillion cells, you know, if you're telling them nasty things or whatever, or just telling your mind or your being that, you know, it, it's a disservice. And uh, mm. the other side of it is the sort of Pollyanna slapping an affirmation on everything and it's all going to be okay, right? That that doesn't help either. We're, we're talking about affirmations that are really going deep, not just ones that yeah. make everything all right, even though it's not all right. I would say to someone, and people have said to me, oh, affirmations didn't work for me. And I would say, well, how did you deliver them? Because, yeah, you can go, um, one of my favorite ones, that I affirmation I built for myself in here is every cell in my body is doing her best to be the best she can be right now. And I am deeply grateful. That's my healing mantra. But how did you deliver it? Do you just think it and go, oh, this is a waste of space. I'm saying these words, but I can't really believe it works. Or did you go into your heart and deliver it with love and intention? Because therein lies the pound of power of sound and healing yes absolutely true um we talk a lot about that in unity the, the power of, of intention and focus and and uh, a willingness really a willingness to participate in the flow of good right and this is where angels come in i think you know not everybody believes in angels or we all know about them but uh, we have different images of them but but really they they are much different to and you mentioned this in the book right much different to the the common view of angels right they they they're much yeah, more they're not uh, fluffy cher well the, the, you can right. have fluffy cherubs if you want because your angels will show up however you want them to but right. they are actually mighty cosmic energies right and do they link to the ch chakras at all do you think yeah the angels are I do work with certain archangels to chakras whether other people do or not I don't know for me personally using the old seven chakra system and there are a great many people and I do concur with them that say we're now evolving to the old Atlantean 12 chakra system um, as we ascend but just working with the seven I would put Archangel Ariel in the root chakra because she kind of comes with she's to do with the earth and manifestation and she comes with green eyes and, and flaming red hair and she's very grounded and so i would put her with the root chakra for sure um for me archangel raphael whose color is green is always in the heart and he's the healer um I would put Gabriel in the solar plexus because Gabriel works with the moon. It's water. The solar plexus is, is water-based. Um, I would put Uriel, Archangel Uriel, whose name mean, means God's fire. I would put him in the solar plexus because that is our power center. So that's how I relate um, archangels to chakras. 
Right. Yeah. Very good. And and I know in the Hindu tradition, you know, certain gods um, are associated with different chakras and uh, a similar idea that the that there's a multiplicity of gods, but they represent certain divine qualities or energies, similarly to to angels in the West. So. Um, yeah, sure. They, they, why not? And I think the Kabbalah, um, you know, the tree of life from the Jewish tradition mm-hmm. uh, associates, qual- you know, emanations or qualities to, to the, the, the different uh, emanations that come come down from the the, 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 the elemental nothingness, right? The, in, the infinite into the manifestation through through the tree of life and and some similar ideas and, and also the integration of male and female right on the, in the kabbalah there's the the male and female side in hinduism there's uh, you know the male and female forces and gods and goddesses um it's, it's it's important to integrate both in our being yes absolutely you've got to have the balance between um the male and the female in fact recently i'm just looking at the clock i think i've got time to tell this story i was asking my angels for a sign for some work i've been doing recently and i walked on the beach yesterday and i looked down and there in the water in a trench covered in sand was what i thought was an old tin can and i bent down to pick it up because i thought that it was rubbish on the beach that was going to cut a child and i pulled out of our english ocean a stone statue of ganesh the remover of obstacles. Oh my goodness! Now, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's He's sitting at the side of me now. Yeah. Wow. So I that's would say, if you want a sign and you're not sure and you don't know who to work with, ask. Yeah, miracles appear. That's that's pretty amazing. I, I love that. Yes, and for those not familiar, Ganesh is the the elephant-headed. God who, who represents the removing of obstacles and uh, is usually the first God to be um, invoked in, in any service because he's the sort of bit like Janus in, in the Romans. He's the gatekeeper and uh, people put that, that image over their doors as, as guardians of the, of the house, protectors as well. So, yeah, a very auspicious um, symbolism there. How wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, um, I'm starting trying to open a door to something to start something new. So he's the perfect sign. Sounds like it. Yeah, there we go. Awesome, folks. I'm with Erica Longdon. We're talking about uh, vibrational sound healing. We're we only got to uh, A <laughs> out of the <laughs> alphabet, but that's okay. We don't have to cover everything. It's fascinating stuff. We're going to take a break now. Listen to these messages from Unity, and then we'll be right back. So join us in a couple of minutes. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. Hello and welcome back to today's show. I'm with Erica Longdon. We're talking about her book, Vibrational Sound Healing, 
take your sonic vitamins, folks, vitamins, uh, with tuning forks, singing bowls, chakra chants, angelic vibrations, etc., etc. We've got a whole alphabet of all these qualities. Let's talk about some of the items that we might use to help us uh, with vibration and help us with well-being and, and healing. Many of us may have used drums or or singing bowls or, or even gongs now. They're becoming very popular. Um, I know we had a, a, a guy in our church called the Didgeridoo, and uh, he would uh, play the Didgeridoo. And, and again, you could feel the energy uh, from the from that that wonderful instrument from the uh, Aboriginal peoples of uh, Australia. Um, but we, we've got all kinds of uh, items that can be used. Everything actually vibrates, right? Sure. And oh, I love didgeridoo. It's one of my favorite things. It just, it takes me off somewhere. And it's an interesting one, didgeridoo. When I was looking to see what I would put in this book and I got to D and drumming was a no brainer. Of course, I was going to put drumming in it. And then I realized that didgeridoo crosses two worlds because it is using a note. It's using that kind of sonic sound, but it's also vibrational like a drum. It does them both, which I think is part of the reason that it's so powerful. A good a good didge player can make it speak. Um, if you've heard a good didge player, you know all the sounds that they get out of it. It's like listening to another universe. Well, and of course, they they have the special breathing technique that they can keep uh, the sound going, yeah. you know, for hours if you like. Uh, they never they never run out of breath, but it, it takes it takes some skill to to have that. Yeah, uh, I have tried have to technique. learn that so often. I understand the principle because I play flute. I'm not as a professional musician. I hasten to add, but I do play flute, and um, I tried to learn it because you probably know the flute player James Galway. And he can yes. play using circular breathing, which is how he can play the whole of the flight of the bumblebee without taking a breath. And I have tried and tried and tried to learn it. And it's like that thing of patting your head and rubbing your stomach. Right. I understand the principle in my mind, but I cannot get my body to do it. <laughs> yeah, difficult stuff. But yeah, you're right. The, um, the, the didgeridoo has, has a, a resonance, doesn't it, as a power that takes us beyond our rational selves almost you're, you're into some primordial realm when you when you listen to that sound and actually not just listen it vibrates into your into your being i remember we had a a group of didgeridoos uh, come to our church and and they would walk around the the audience and put the end of the didgeridoo right next to your heart and then play and your whole body would start to vibrate. You know, the, there was that sense of you resonated with the the the, the harmonies and and uh, energies of the, of that instrument and and the and the player as well. So there was a, a a reciprocal arrangement going on there. It was very powerful, and you couldn't help but feel incredible peace and uh, actually energy energized and, and uh, enthused by by this by the sound. So. And, you know, you wanted them to come back, come back again, do it again. Um, oh, absolutely. It, it's wonderful stuff. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, the lovely digital player called some... Seeker, who you may come across, who plays drum and dig together. It just is another experience. It's beautiful. Um, well, but it's interesting because drumming also is, when I looked at drumming, you think of the obvious using drums and it is incredibly powerful. It, in fact, it's a sonic massage. Um 
and joining drumming circles of course is incredibly powerful too if, if you don't fancy joining a singing choir then go and join a drumming circle because it's just phenomenally powerful but when I looked at it there's lots of ways we drum that we don't realize are drumming when I looked at it we drum with our hands it's called applause absolutely I mean, what so much is, uh, you know, we tap a lot, don't we? Uh, even when we're nervous, we tap as a way of um, maybe releasing some of the tension or whatnot. So, yeah, we, we, we are not aware of some of the things we do, but we, we have those uh, abilities to use that. What would you say to somebody that says, yeah, I don't have rhythm, you know, I'd love to drum, but I can never follow the rhythm. I, I, I'm no good at it. It, it. I'm afraid to use it, actually. Um, so I, what, what I would you say, say take yourself out in nature, get some sticks and just enjoy drumming and on a rock. It, this is about entrainment, not entertainment. They're putting themselves up against a professional drummer. And that's not how a sonic vitamin works. The sonic vitamin works with you. So don't worry about whether you can keep a regular rhythm. Just go and beat out a rhythm somewhere and preferably outside in nature that's very freeing. Listen to something in nature and see if you can replicate that sound. Go and drum on a rock. Good good advice. Uh, it's like singing in the shower, right? You may not be a yeah. singer, but everybody can sing in the shower. So it's the same idea. Allow allow yourself to go, you know, in the in the privacy of your own space. Uh, you know, some people uh, are into gongs now. I've been to a number of uh, gong uh, bars or whatever you want to call them fascinating but you know some people say oh my goodness these things are like two thousand three thousand uh, dollars i don't know if i can afford a, a gong what, what, what you, it's not it's not uh, it's not cheap is it to be into this vibration vibration it's not thing. cheap to buy a gong they are incredibly expensive and for good reason because they're usually hand beaten in the um, factory in germany but i would say go to um down here in cornwall we have a lot of them if you can find a gong master who's holding evenings of, of gong healing, then go to one because quite often that's very inexpensive. I pay about 10 pounds, which is about $15. Um, and you can very effectively use gongs on the internet. Go and find a nice recording, put some good headphones on and you will still get the benefit of the, the gong. But the gong, rather like the didgeridoo, you want the actual physical vibration coming through you um that said i had a lovely email from a lady who's bought this book and i've spoken i trained with a gong master called mark swan who's a friend of mine and he helped me with this chapter and one of the great quotations he always uses is that if you are gonged for 10 days you can be cured of anything and this wow. lady had been through a very very troubling emotional time with multiple bereavements in the family and she said i'm a healer she said but i was so broken I just, this time, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pick myself up. And she said, I read this book and I've put um, links to Mark's work on it. And she said, I went and got some of his CDs and I put the headphones on and I played them. And she said, I can't believe it. The gong has healed me. I'm coming back up. That's amazing. Well, I remember going to my first gong uh, experience and just being blown away by the subtlety of the instrument you know you think oh a gong you're used to it uh, in an orchestra where, where it's just a smashing sound 
but th this is totally different, isn't it? There's nuances. There's um, oh, yes. all kinds of vibrations coming from that gong that I just wasn't expecting. Um, that that was a, an, um, an amazing moment of uh, awakening for listening to those sounds. Yeah, and research your gong master well, because sometimes people go for, because they, as you say, they are very expensive to buy. So a lot of people buy something called the symphonic gong, which encompasses many, many frequencies. And it's still a beautiful instrument. But if you get a gong master as Mark is, they will own a gong for every single planet and quite a few asteroids and, and beyond. And they construct concerts to match, particularly on the full moon, to match the astrology of the day. And that I cannot begin to tell you how powerful that is. A lot of people are into hang drums and uh, orb drums these days, at least over here. I don't know if that's true in, in Britain, but uh, what do you think of those? I, I Again, I know a really good, he's a professional drummer, actually, because playing a hang, it looks so easy until you try and do it. I promise you it's not because I've tried. Um, it's a real drummer skill. Uh, but again, they are tuned and they have wonderful melodies and harmonies and they're, they're tuned um, to specific notes. More difficult to, to target specific intention with them because they are more melodic. Whereas if you're going to use a gong and you use the gongs for the astrology of the day, you're really targeting two things together. You're, you're using astrology and sound healing. But yeah, hungs and halos and all those, are, they are beautiful instruments. Yeah, I've got an orb drum that I like to use, but you're right, I, I like to use it for the beauty of it as well as the vibration, you know, the just the tone it really mellows me out, if you like, uh, calms me down. And uh, it sounds a beautiful. And my particular one is tuned to, uh, you know, the heart uh, chakra. And um, it's the Anahata drum, uh, orb drum. So it, it, it resonates at that level. And I, I, and I find it very, very effective. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm feeling a little bit off, you know, that, that'll really bring me back to center. And I think this is the, the cool thing about vibrations, isn't it, is that uh, they have that power to to calm us it's a bit like uh, caliban in shakespeare's the tempest you know who talks about the uh, the beautiful twangling instruments and vibrations that are in this uh, this in prospero's isle and in the, in the tempest and um, even him who's a, a sort of a, a beastly figure uh, is calmed by all this beauty that he feels around him and uh, so so even the savage breast can be calmed yeah. By, by vibration. One of my favourite plays, that. The Isle is full of airs and graces. I love it. Indeed yes. it is. Um, yes. I would also say to someone who says, well, I haven't got enough money to be buying an instrument. You are born with the finest sound healing instrument you will ever have, and it's called your voice. And you don't have to buy it either. It's here, no. right? You're born with it, and children it. are very good at using it. When they're born, when they're upset, they'll cry and wail, and they'll giggle and gurgle. And then we kind of train that out of people. And also we 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 are quite often instill them with what I would call being shamed about the voice, which I think is an incredible shame and pity because your voice is one of 
the greatest sound healing instruments you've got. And people think they have to put themselves up as enter against entertainers. And that's not what it's about. It's about using your vocal cords to resonate. Um, so when you're chanting or humming or whatever, that's resonating through your whole chest, your chakras. It's resonating through the higher chakras in the nose. It's incredibly powerful. In fact, a lovely little trick somebody taught me because they were they were doing the om and ending with the mm, the humming. And um, humming actually has a, a section in this book all of its own, um, to which I'm indebted to Jonathan Goldman, who's written the entire book, The, the Humming Effect. Um, and a lot of people are prepared to hum when they're afraid to sing. So they will hum. And humming is a very empowering sound. It's the mmm, it's the sound we make. It's an affirmation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but interestingly, you cannot hum if you hold your nose. You can try it if you like, you can't. No, you can't. I just tried. Because what you need <laughs> is you have to resonate the whole of those higher chakras to hum. So it's a very powerful thing. If you if you really think, I, I really can't face singing, well, hum. I love that. And, you know, humming, uh, toning, and then mantra, you know, are all techniques that have, you know, go along pedigree, right? If you go to the east of Hinduism, Buddhism, um, you know, there's numerous uh, profound techniques around the use of mantra and the toning and using seed syllables and, 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 and seed mantras and whatnot, uh, different sounds, and they're all associated with different uh, aspects of our being. And you, you have some in the book, you know, linked to the, the, sh the chakras, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, the, these are all ways to, to unlock um, energies, right, and, and unlock um, abilities, if you like. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody asked me once, so I looked it up and I have put it in the book. Why are so many of the most powerful chants and mantras, why are they in Sanskrit? And the answer is you have 84 meridians or stimuli points on the roof of your mouth. Um, and think of them like somebody does reflexology on your feet, but this is on the, the hard palate of your mouth. And the way that you have to formulate the tongue in order to pronounce Sanskrit hits these stimuli points and they link right up into the hypothalamus and the pituitary which are in your brain above so you're actually stimulating your endocrine and nervous system with those words mm, interesting and then when yeah, you add a note so if you're picking a particular note of frequency you're doubling the power yes interesting well, they say that Sanskrit and, and Arabic as well, you know, that uh, both those languages have uh, great power. And uh, I, I don't dispute it because I've been involved with uh, Hinduism for many years. And uh, some of those mantras uh, are incredibly powerful and, and uh, life, life changing. So um, talk about Ganesh appearing on the beach, try chanting some of those Hindu chants. And they can be very simple. Even Om, right? And you have a, a you mentioned Om as well as the, the 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 primal vibration of the universe, if you like. Mm -hmm. Well, it is. It's the the sound of creation. It is said to be. And again, is it Om or Om? I think to me, or it's it's kind of like the alphabet. You have the letter A, and what does it do? It goes Ah. To me, Om, O M, is how it's written, and Aum 
is how you work with it, which gives you a triple. You've got the R from your heart, the R, um. So it gives you a real, and it, it allows you to really intone it and put some power behind it. But that's just my take on it. I'm sure other people have got different opinions on that, but it is, you're intoning the power of creation. Right. Well, some people say that the, the A stands for, like you say, the creative part of it, you know, the R, you're opening up, you're creating, and then the OOM is the uh, pres preservation, and the M sound is the dissolution or the um, restoration, to, and then you begin again. So it's, it's the three aspects of uh, the three great gods of Hinduism, the creator, the preserver, and the destroyer are all represented in that sound. And, and it's really the sound of the, the way everything works, right? We have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then we start again. So it's, it's the, it encompasses the whole thing. That's that's the way I've been taught. That uh, so when you're you're chanting Om, you're you're chanting the whole the whole shmoo, You know the whole shmoo. You it's the the whole of you, the universe is, is symbol symbolized by that by, by that sound. It's very beautiful. It is one of the things I love to do if I'm teaching and I've got a big enough room is to get what. Um, Again, I'm indebted to Jonathan Goldman, a, a rolling om. So you start people off intoning an om and just tell them to pick their own notes. So you end up with this beautiful um, color variety of oms going on through the room. And just say, don't try and keep up with your neighbor because people have a different breath capacity. So when you did take a breath, take one. And what happens is slowly as the room keeps chanting om, people take breaths at different times. So there is never a point at which someone is not intoning om and you just get this beautiful rich rolling sound i love it you know again we we tend to be reticent at the beginning but once we get into it it's it it, it builds doesn't it the energy builds and i found that as also with laughter meditation because we used to do laughter meditations every so often as part of our church service and uh, you start with nothing it's just start with the silence and then somebody will laugh, and and you can tell if they're laughing um, in a contrived way because it, it doesn't sound good. But when no, once you hear a spontaneous laugh, then then other people want to laugh, and and the next thing you know, the whole room's full of laughter, right? And I uh, love it. it, it it's, it's yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing, and uh, and then it dies down. It has it has a life of its own, a bit like the arm, you know. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And and it, it, there'll be a few at the end, but then it'll it, it'll everybody acknowledge yes we're done, and um, it, it's almost you you're trusting um, something that you don't usually trust. You know you're trusting your intuition to guide you into that spontaneity of of laughter. It's very very powerful stuff. I love laughter. I'm smiling as you say that. There is on also if you look up it on YouTube um, on our. British uh, transport system, the tube in London, somebody went on there as an experiment and started to artificially laugh. And of course, being British, they all sat there very stiffly and tried to ignore him. And by the end of it, the entire carriage is falling about laughing. And it's so infectious to watch it. You can't help but laugh. Great stuff. And it sure beats the opposite, doesn't it? Which is being oh, angry yeah. and miserable <laughs> and... Uh, we're, unfortunately, we're at a stage in our societal unfoldment where there's a lot of angst right now, part, partly because of the, the pandemic and, and other stresses in our world. And 
we see it played out here in the states. I'm I'm sure it's it's played out too in the, in the West uh, in general and, and around the world as well. You know, there's the, there's a lot of stress. So laughter is a wonderful an, an antidote for that, isn't it? To um, to to bring us higher. And you can't laugh without oxygenating your being, right? You can't laugh without feeling healthier. It's 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 uh, it's a wonderful thing for your body and and your soul and all all parts of yourself. It is, and it's also taking the armor off that we wear and just letting go and, and right. laughing. Yes, willing to I be vulnerable. Right. Absolutely. And you can only be vulnerable also, when you realize sorry. that you're protected at all times, right, by the by spirit, that uh, the divine light or the angelic presences or whatever you want to call it are always there with us. We're, we're, not, we're never alone. We're, we're always um, guided when, when we choose to acknowledge that. There it is for us. It's always available. It is indeed. Also in vitamin L or vitamin L that goes with the laughter, so important. And it was my wake up call because I wasn't doing it. Listening. There's a lovely quote at the beginning. It was G.K. Chesterton who said there's a lot of difference between listening and hearing. And so often we listen to reply and we don't listen to understand. And actually, that to me is a sonic vitamin. Yeah, and we, so often we're we're uh, listening to the other person, but you know, thinking what we're going to say next, right? Yeah. And um, and and not really hearing what they're not really listening to what they're saying, just cheering for information so that we can then reply. And uh, it's, it takes quite a skill. In fact, if you've ever been around somebody that's just purely listening, and some gurus or teachers have this quality, it, it's unnerving, you know, because they're they're not trying to fill the space with their own ideas. They're truly just waiting, listening, uh, and and helping you reveal yourself in a very vulnerable way. It can be quite frightening, actually, if you're not used to that. But after you get used to it, you realize, oh, my goodness, yes, I'm, I'm filling a lot of space here with my thoughts and my words that I don't need to be filling. And I could be quiet and, and live much more richly. Um, but, it, yeah. but it takes a little uh, trust in ourselves to do that initially, I think. It takes practice. The other one that I wanted to put in here, and again, people would say that's a vitamin, but it surely is, is silence. We live in such a cacophonous world now that the number of times that we get real silence, and I am blessed with it down here in Cornwall, but I wasn't when I lived further up near London. How often do we get true silence so we can be still? Not very often is the answer. But yeah, the, I mean, the quote that it? I pinched and put on the front of this is, silence is God's first language. Everything else is a poor translation. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, of course, we we put a, a high um, a premier, what's the word, pedigree on uh, on silence and unity because we, we talk about the silence as the the place of meditation, the pl the place of our connection to the infinite um, in the silence. And uh, you, you don't have to have outer silence to enter the inner silence. And even in the noisiest place, you can find that inner silence and then you'll find calm. So that's the good news. You know, you can be on um, a noisy train or, or, or listening to the noise pollution all around you. But when you enter the inner silence, um, then, then it doesn't bother you anymore. Um, it's it's like the waves crashing on the shore. There's it's it's sound, but it's not it's not in your way anymore. It's it's just part of the flow of of the universe. And 
we used to have a, a labyrinth in, in our church and it was right next to the street. And I would tell, and people would say, oh, well, I wish people weren't so close to the street. I want to be quiet when I do my labyrinth. I said, it's the waves of the ocean passing by. Think of the cars as waves. And, and then it's just a beautiful labyrinth on the seashore. And uh, that seemed to help people to, you know, go beyond worrying about the sound of the street uh, and, and just incorporate it as just one another sound. And yeah. uh, I think this is this is so true, isn't it? We can make anything uh, work for us if we have the intention, as we said earlier, to do that. Yeah, it, it it is. It's very good advice and good practice. Another way to practice I used to do is say, well, no matter what's around you, strike something like a singing bowl and just gently put your focus on that note and listen to that note dying away. And when you're just focusing on the, the note, the, the background is no longer a worry to you. Yes, beautiful. Folks, let me tell you about next week's show, and then we'll ask um, Erica to give us some final words of encouragement, advice, or whatever else she wants to call them, and uh, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, next week, Michael Schlaunch, I hope I pronounced his name right, uh, joins me, and he's going to talk about his journey into the, the heart of the Himalayas, which transformed his life, and his book is called A Story of Karma, and uh, it shows how he found uh, love and truth in those mountains and with the people of the um, re remote valley in the Himalayas. So that should be quite interesting. Um, but right now, final words of encouragement or advice from, from America. What would you like to g give our listeners? I would say that sonic vitamins are just everywhere. You can choose them it can be your voice you could have an instrument but there's a quote on the front of the book that i put the universe doesn't use language it speaks vibration i think if you hold that thought it doesn't matter how you use sonic vitamins you'll find the right one for you i love it thank you so much erica thanks for listening folks talk to you next week bye-bye now Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.